Hey, Jordan, what's up? Hey, Rob. Uh, did you catch that that Twitch stream last night? AOC Among uh, Us? Did, did you catch that? I, I saw some of it, yeah. Yeah, was it, it was pretty exciting. I was kind of like, I saw that, and I was kind of thinking to myself, hmm, how do we... I feel like that's something the Biden campaign should be should be thinking about, right? Oh, my God. Yeah, and I, I remember during the primary how after the Travis Scott concert in Fortnite, um, the greatest minds in our world were thinking, how do we get a big hologram Joe Biden over the Grand Canyon? So like, I, yeah. I would love to pick up that where we left off on that idea um, because I think that would just really get out like Gen Z voters. For sure, yeah. And I think, you know, maybe not going as far as what happened last night with AOC kind of working with this kind of subversive, like anti-American type uh, Hassan Piker. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Definitely oh, not someone who would be associated with in any way. So. Yeah, he likes 9-11. Yeah, he thinks 9-11 was good. That's right. So we don't want it. We don't want anything to do with that. Uh, okay. But, you know, I think there's there must be some way to kind of get at this. Like I, I pitched a couple weeks ago the idea that he could just say, like, you know, there's a there's a Cheeto among us in the White House. Oh, just good. kind of throw uh, away how about line. Or- orange is sus. Vote them out. Yes. That's great. We're, we got Has to anyone this done stuff that down. Yet? Yeah, I think we're probably the first. Oh, sorry, I don't. Let me just get this. Okay, it's this, oh, okay. okay, this says it's coming from the White House. Uh, that's a little hmm. alarming, but okay, I'm just going to. Uh, yeah. Hello. It's Insurgents Global HQ. Rob Jordan, how is how are, how are you doing today, everybody? It's wonderful wow. to call in to WTF with Rob and with Jordan, and with, we're going to be talking about who are you guys and doing all of it. I think it's really great what you're doing with your show. Okay, this is actually the Insurgents Global headquarters. Is this, is this President Trump calling President us? President Donald this is- J. Trump, and I just got home, and I'm kicking back on the couch. And they're gonna oh my goodness. Me, they're going to take me and do me in a shower and everything and wash me off. And before I get it in there, I thought I would just, I was checking my email and I saw that you were going to be doing your show. And I thought I'd love to call in and talk to Robin and Jordan and see how everybody's doing and get out, get out a little bit of the message. Okay. Well, we were not. 2020. We were not expecting to hear from you at all. So this is kind of a. I'm not really prepared for this. You'd, 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 the call is coming from inside the White House. Oh. Yeah. And you've got me. Big twist. M. Night Shyamalan. Nobody saw it coming. No one saw it coming. Just like with 2016. And now we're doing a 2020. And it's going to be the same deal. Hillary has an email. And Comey's there. And it's everybody yeah. was there. You two were there. It's going to be a dream. It's going to be just like a dream. All my teeth fell out. And I was naked in study hall. It's really? It's going to be a dream. It's a little disturbing. Yeah. Uh, is there anything specifically you wanted to speak to us about? This is a, It's a huge honor to speak to you. I know we don't agree all, always politically, right? But We don't always agree, but you know what? I Here's the thing. I'm going to need... We're going to need to be coming together, okay? We're going to be un- needing to unite, all right, behind whoever the election person is, whoever does it when it's me. So we're going to need to come together when it is me and when it will be. And we're going to have to work together. The radical left and the, you know, the floofy liberals who wear the boat shoes and Colin Jost and all of it. And then even the Republicans, you got the nice Republicans who have soft hands and they smell really good. Never 
never done a day's work ever in their lives. Huh. And all the way down to the MAGA types with the Oakleys sitting in the truck. And, you know, I, I hate Mexicans and all that. I just think it's great. Yeah. And we need to come together. I've been saying it for a long time. You know what I mean? Everybody, pretty much everybody's going to. And we're coming together in incredible numbers. We're all voting for Mr. Trump. We're going to do it oh. again, and I just think it's great. I heard that Ken is not doing the show anymore. Oh, no, yeah. Ken, Ken, is, Ken is banned from banned. the show. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Banned, banned Ken and they're, and they're a while ago. They're doing a cancel culture, and I just think it's awful. Don't you think it's awful how everybody gets banned and they can't do the cancel? And everybody's just getting canceled. You know, Andy Warhol said in the future everybody gets 20 minutes of soup, and now they're doing 20 minutes of cancel. Well, President Trump, show. with all due respect, though, Ken, Ken Klippenstein does know what he did, so mm -hmm. that's Mr. the... Mr. Klippenstein was very mean to, very rude, not very nice to Chasen, okay, to Mr. Chaz. That's right. And Cher, you know, Chaz was, Chaz and Cher have been doing great work. They've been doing great work for a long time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm very in with LGBT and Q and... We're doing, we've even got some of the, you know, the kids, the skateboarders, you know, the kids and they're vaping and they got pink hair and they say, I'm they, them. We're doing those too. So we've got them as well. I think that's what the T is in the LGB. I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. We're doing the KGB. We're, we're kind of getting everybody together. I think it's going to be really incredible. So President Trump, I'm a little unclear. Do you support the ban on Ken Klippenstein or are you against this? Because I'm a little, I'm a little unclear on how that, how you're falling on this one. Well, Ken was not very nice, as I said to some of those people. You know, he's he's not very nice to Beto either, and it's a he big hates teachers for Beto because with Mr. Beto, he was doing a skateboard and he was playing punk. Okay, and and last mm -hmm. I checked, there went a whole lot of. Pop punkers who were doing the Tea Party, who were doing Revolutionary War, you know, they weren't a whole, not, Newfound Glory wasn't in the Minutemen or the Sons of Liberty or anything, so. No, not to my knowledge. We, and we had an incredible conversation, by the way, with Solid Snake about the Sons of Liberty, and so we're looking to, to bring in some of that 70s, 76 energy here in the last days of the campaign. I think we're getting very far with it. But you know what? Ken was not very nice to a lot of people. And Beto just wants to live his life, okay? He wants to skateboard on the quad. He wants to he wants to go to the keg party and do keg stand. And he, he likes to say the F word. I think it's... I mean, that part I actually kind of like. I like a guy who says it like it is. And he's very, he's very suppressive, don't you think? I think it's very suppressive what he's doing to Mister Beto O'Rourke. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. I think, I think it was disrespectful to to, to Beto, very to, to Chaston, all of it. He doesn't, Chaston. he doesn't care about teachers. It's just he's, yeah. he's disgusting. Very, he's often complaining Nasty. about teachers how he doesn't like them around the office. Yeah. It's very it makes us very uncomfortable. See, Nasty I guy. That. I hate that people are complaining about teachers because teachers really do. Probably the best of all of them, you know, what teachers teach math, you know, they're doing language and Spanish, and I just think it's grande what they're doing with teachers. You know, we've had, we got some of the, we have some of best teacher that has ever done pretty much anything, especially English with language, and I'm doing incredible with language and words and doing English, probably better than Einstein, better than any of them, really. We're looking at uh, Stephen King. We had an incredible conversation with Stephen King recently. Get more Stephen King in the schools. 
And when people like Mr. Klinenstein, yeah. I'm glad that you do. When people like Mr. Klin are getting on here, and by the way, 2Ks, that's 1K away from 3Ks, and we all that's know what 3K is yeah. doing. And we didn't like Y2K either, so 2Ks isn't doing great either. So we're talking to NBA that's a good point. 2K, we're talking to... We're talking to MLB 2K. We're, we're really talking to everybody. We're talking to FIFA. Are you a going, gamer, Mr. Mr. President? You do you game? Is that what you're saying? FIFA. FIFA does not like the police. And FIFA and BLM are teaming up to disrupt the election. Okay? And Joe Biden is working very closely with FIFA. So that he, he's trying to wow. make sure that they never update the soccer game. They just... They just do a Xerox and they release it and they say, "Oh, it's the it's a new game. Pay sixty dollars." You just add some new players and you're and the it's same the engine, same game, right? And you could have just said it was a mm. DLC. Why did they do it as a DLC for 2020? And instead, they say, "No, it's all. You gotta buy the hey, buy the same game over and over." That's very frustrating. It's very yeah. frustrating. The American people who love soccer so much, it's their favorite sport. We need to be able to give it to them. At a cheaper rate, wouldn't it be great if we? I mean, how much can, how much can people spend on FIFA? And George Soros is yeah. funding FIFA, by the way. He he wants them to be doing soccer, all over the country, and we're not ready for it. We're not happy about it. Yeah, well, President Trump, we we really appreciate you giving taking the time to give us a call. Uh, obviously, we are you you listener of this show. You know that. We're uh, we're working with the Biden campaign. We're kind of on two opposing sides here, but we really do appreciate it, and uh, we wish you the best of luck uh, hey, listen, on the I election, know, sir. I know nobody listens to your stupid little show, and I know. Okay, that well, that's. You, I know that your little thing, your froofy little neolib, you know, the gated community stuff. Nobody likes it. Nobody listens well, to it. So I feel comfortable telling you in this vacuum that I really hope Joe wins because I'm tired. I'm hungry. And wouldn't it be great if I was just a regular greatest generation guy and I just I sit back with the iPad and the text is real big? You know what I'm doing? And I'm doing the solitaire and yeah. we, we watch Martin and we're watching Moesha and it's just whatever's on. House Hunters. And I've got yeah. the iPad and wow. And, and I'll tell you guys because I know nobody listens to it. Nobody listens to it. What even? What the hell is it even called? Nobody even knows. No, many of our Google, listeners don't you seem to know the, the podcast, and it takes you. It just it's a big blank. You remember the blank page when you get on the internet, and it says four oh four, and then it's a dinosaur, and he says, "I'm sorry, oops." So nobody listens to the show. President Trump, I mean, I, that kind of left it on a sour note. But again, we appreciate you reaching out to us. Thank you very much for your well, call, sir. It's been an, it's been an honor, you're sir. You're chop it and screw it, and you're gonna do a little John to it. You add in all the yes, and you're gonna make it crunk and everything, and you're gonna yeah. edit it. I know that you're gonna distort all my words and make me sad. You remember on Dateline when the when the guy who doesn't want to be on Dateline and they cover his, they make him look like a shadow. Yeah. Yeah, I'm familiar with that. So you can you can do they do incredible stuff with cyber. Baron made a movie where he was skateboarding and he jumped the Eiffel Tower. And I said, it's really crazy what you can do with your little iPod, with your little iPhone when you do on your iMovie. He's a very talented young man, definitely. Very, very talented young man. I so so he's I think somebody has earned a switch.
Okay, hello. Hello, everyone. It's The Insurgents. I believe it's episode 44. Uh, you've got Rob Rousseau here. What's up? <laughs> how, how are you, Rob? Not much. Great. Uh, that's Jordan Ewell. You just heard from him. And it was what an honor to have the President of the United States oh my God, can you call it? into the show like that. Couldn't believe that's so that. so cool. Yeah. You know, I don't... I don't, as I said, I don't always agree with him politically. Mm-hmm. I think we can have a lot of differences, but just the fact that he's, you know, he's a busy guy, you have to imagine. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he took the time to, uh, to call into our little show, I think that was pretty, pretty remarkable. And we, I was happy to hear from him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how he got our phone number, but no. you know, sir, we, sometimes we just have to agree to disagree, but you just have to respect, uh, the office of the president. Exactly. So, thank you, you have for calling to... in, sir. Yeah, and he, he did have, like, the right line when it comes to Ken, Ken Klippenstein, and, you know, vis-a-vis his relationship with the show, mm-hmm. the band, and everything. Yeah, sometimes you just got to find common ground. He was right on about that. I don't always agree with him, but he That's was right. right on about that stuff. That was great. That was fantastic. I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited that happened. Yeah, very exciting. Yeah, me too. Um, Who do we have coming on the show today? We're talking about the... Uh, the AOC Twitch stream with uh, with friend mm-hmm. of the show Hassan, mm-hmm. and it's going to be fun. I think. I think it'll be great. We've got uh, Matthew Galt. He is a reporter uh, for various outlets, uh, Vice and Wired, and he's everywhere. He's a tech and military um, and streaming and video games journalist. He does it all. Um, he also extensively covered uh, the saga between. People on Twitch and uh, the military recruiters. So he's, he he kind of yes. he gets it. He understands the entire Twitch culture. So yeah. good conversation uh, with him ahead. It was maybe a bit reductive that I, it's not just going to be about AOC streaming on Twitch. We're definitely going to mention it, but oh, probably well, yeah, there's yeah. other things that we can also mention as well yeah. in the course of that. Yeah, it'll be great. <laughs> yeah. Normally we do the interviews first. And then I have some idea of what we talked about, and then you can kind of mention it. But now I don't know. So it's just mm-hmm. kind of, it's going to be a surprise. I'm going to go on a limb and, and assume uh, we probably start by asking him if he's a gamer. Yeah. That's probably one thing. Um, I think that's a safe bet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. And then we go from there. <laughs> yeah, It'll be great. Yeah. It'll be great, though. I'm really looking forward to it. If it's not, it's Rob's um, fault. So. Yeah. Um, so... So on our last premium episode, which came out last um, weekend, which only the elite subscribers of the show uh, who subscribe uh, monthly over on Substack, theinsurgents.substack.com, only the elite uh, squad of, uh, of subscribers have access to the, uh, to the premium content. But on this last episode, we talked a little bit about Diane Feinstein and how she basically just like um, walked Amy Coney Barrett through these uh, Supreme Court proceedings uh, and gave gave Lindsey Graham a big hug after and kind of gave a big rubber stamp of legitimacy to this whole process, which I think many were saying was not legitimate. And, you know, many, many sort of upper echelon liberals and Democrats were like, we're going to burn the shit down over this if they even attempt to nominate someone. And not only did they attempt to, but it seems like it's just sailing right through with with the approval of uh, of the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. Um, establishment, yes, which is kind of puzzling, I think. Right? Oh yeah. I I don't know, man. I just I think they're kind of weighing their options between like uh, you know how much they want to rile up Trump's base and things like that. But then just I don't know. I just don't think they they care that much. 
Like we're fucked, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. It's 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 disheartening. Well, hold on. At least. Well, hold on, because I did see a very encouraging report today. Okay. That Joe Biden is planning on commissioning a bipartisan commission to study the possible the possibility of some kind of court reform. So. I mean, that's the kind of radical thinking that, that I think America needs right now. And you know what you're getting with Joe Biden. And that's that I think, you know, any it might be it might be distressing to some Americans that this kind of like uh-huh. far right religious extremist is getting appointed to a lifetime appointment on the highest court uh, in America, along with the various like 30 something uh, legal hacks that have that have like infested the the, uh, you know, the federal uh, judiciary. I know that's a little bit concerning, maybe a little alarming, but Joe Biden has a plan for this, and I I feel very confident that this bipartisan commission will surely mm-hmm. come to some kind of a conclusion that that points him in the direction of of you know doing something about that. So yeah, there nothing to worry nothing to worry about. Right. I mean, this is in what world would that make sense? Right. In what world <laughs> is that your your ideal solution? Because right now, the Democrats are going to. Uh, boycott the the hearings right so that would deny a quorum which means mitch mcconnell will need to rewrite the rules to get her passed to 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 nominate her or to confirm her nomination sorry in on in the in the full senate which he's going to do because he doesn't care because all they care about is power so why then is your solution okay well we need to incorporate them in any and include them in any discussions uh, but how to solve this problem. They're signaling to you right now that they will change the rules to get their way. And you're like, yeah. well, we, we got don't have much of a problem, gotta, actually, yeah. with the way it's currently set up. Right. Yeah. I, why would you include them? Uh, whatever. Anyway, so the thing that I wanted to uh, touch on, too, is because a couple of polls were uh, came out this week about uh, some of the ways that the, like, the rank-and-file Democrats are responding to some of this stuff. And it's really amazing because after all the the rhetoric about the Supreme Court and how dangerous it is for Trump to be appointing someone like Amy Coney Barrett, and especially in this kind of illegitimate process, which they've already kind of suggested four years ago was, was like against some precious norm to uh, appoint a Supreme Court justice so close to the election. There's so much rhetoric and like rank and file Democrats and liberals were so opposed to this, but these hearings have gone so poorly i mean it hasn't even been any real opposition at all as i mentioned they basically just walked her through this thing and gave it a big rubber stamp and you know they've openly talked about her great family and biden said her she's qualified so now support for barrett has risen 18 points among democrats uh this this poll uh this poll i saw said which is just amazing because now I feel like if biden does manage to win this election if the democrats do manage to retake the senate and there maybe is a possibility for some kind of radical uh, move to expand the Supreme Court or do something to like counter this like huge right wing imbalance. Now, now rank and file Democrats like don't even seem like they're going to be into that because they're like, oh, she's not so bad actually. And yeah, the our, our sort of uh, the le- the leaders of the party have indicated that she's qualified and it's okay. So yeah, maybe maybe it's maybe it's all maybe it's all right. They're kind of just giving up on the idea of even like doing anything about that. That's pretty remarkable to me. I think. The way that, especially this is a, this is kind of a political class and a party that prides themselves seemingly on always like following the focus groups and the polling. And you see they have the ability to actually change the polls and convince people of things, but they only seem interested in doing that 
in one direction and never, you know, when it comes to, you know, progressive policy proposals. Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to see this as um, at least a a subtle uh, attempt to squash any sort of progressive momentum. Like this is now going to create a, a justification and an argument uh, on behalf of moderate Democrats. Like, oh, no, it's too extreme because now it's going to get shut down in the court. So we're going to that like, get used to hearing that because that's yeah, going to be like yeah. all you hear whenever you try to ask or, or, or support um, progressive policies. Like, oh, well, that'll never get through the Supreme Court. And, you know, of course, the conclusion is because they didn't they didn't fight yeah. hard enough to stop it. I mean, there are again, there are ways we talked about it with Karthik a couple episodes ago, and there's at least an attempt or a world where you might be able to shut it down with an impeachment, an impeachment proceeding. And then it forces, uh, you know, it forces Trump's hand or pushes it back uh, past the election. And that would, you know, create a scenario where it's a little bit harder to justify and a little bit murkier. Uh, and precedent to to confirm a, an appointment after the election. It was kind of in a lame duck period. Especially and, if he lost the election. Right, 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 right. It'd be that's, even sorry, less that's, legitimate that's than it already, than exactly. it already was. So they didn't try that. Like, they left cards on the table, and now, you know, we're fucked. We're, we're the ones who have to live with it. Like, Feinstein's going to be dead in a few years. It sounds cruel and callous, but that's that's just the honest truth. She's in her late 80s. She's not going to have to live with the consequences of, of 30 years of Amy Coney Barrett on the court and those decisions. Future generations will. That is deeply unfair for you to throw up your hands, not do anything, hug Lindsey Graham, compliment Barrett, compliment her family, compliment the proceedings, and then pull some bullshit, oh, I'm deeply concerned, trite little comment in a press conference today. Yeah. Like that's, that's deeply unfair to future generations. And uh, speaking of that, uh, being deeply unfair to under other generations. This is the other poll I wanted to uh, bring up. This was in The Nation this week, which is that following the debates, uh, Democratic support for a fracking ban dropped an eye-popping 16 points from 65% to 49%. So that's also amazing. We talked about the, how dangerous this is uh, in terms of the like environmental consequences to the communities where this is, this is happening. And... Um, now, Democrat, even though this was already not popular, and it actually would have been a popular move for for Biden to support a fracking ban, it would have been the morally correct thing to do, the environmentally correct thing to do, and like electorally, uh, you know, that's no no real downsides there. Um, but because the Democratic leadership have signaled that this is not what's happening, the rank and file then just kind of comes around and says, "Oh, okay, well then we don't we don't support that either." And again, it just speaks to the same kind of thing, especially when it comes to environmental policy, the like. The establishment of the Democratic Party will say, like, well, we can't pursue things like the, the extreme actions like the Green New Deal or a fracking ban because of how mm -hmm. unpopular it is, even though that's not even really accurate. When it shows that if they united around this message and actually gave a small amount of effort to, like, politically educate people about why these things are important and why they're actually good policies, they could choose. They could, like, change the, the polling on this and they could bring people into their side. But again... They're only really interested in uh, in changing the polling and doing political education uh, when it comes to manufacturing consent for Republican mm -hmm. policies. So that's not ideal to me. And uh, <laughs> none of this is giving me a ton of hope that even if Biden manages to win this election and the Democrats manage to pull off this big uh, landslide victory, 
where they retake uh, the Senate and they've got all this power doesn't give me a ton of confidence that Biden's going to use this like in any productive yeah. way. Yeah. Um, I mean, just I it's I we I I'm, I've got to live with it here, man. I, <laughs> I think part of what I like to do here is just like get you to this point where you get so wound up. That it's like it creates this kind of humorous uh, rea- reaction, no, okay. which I apologize I just, for. I guess that's kind of cruel. On, on I, there's part. just so many things that I'm sure people can assume I would want to say, but I can't um, because of just various <laughs> reasons. It's yeah. so it's. Yeah, this is why you got to turn into the premium episodes. This is where the real, <laughs> which again you can access uh, by subscribing over at theinsurgents.substack.com. We're we're cranking out a premium episode per week now. We're back to two episodes per week. So if you want to get the full experience of the show and Jordan's like un- unleashed rage <laughs> uh, <laughs> and pathos in these premium episodes, oh, yeah. you got to subscribe, baby. It's we're. We're we're going pre we've gone premium, um, but we better go because we've got a guest. We've got our guest coming on. Uh, do you just want to like uh, kick it to the to the next segment? Sure. Yeah. Uh, after this short break, we will be back with Matthew Galt. Okay, and now we are joined by reporter Matthew Galton. Matthew is, you know, pro- a prolific writer. He's uh, been seen in places like Vice and, and Wired, and he has been uh, one of the reporters extensively covering uh, AOC's battle with the military on Twitch and just Twitch in general and the difficulties that the military is having on there and has also written about and thought about and talked about uh, this week. Uh, AOC and and Ilhan's exploration into Twitch as a get out the vote tool. Uh, so, what better first question? I mean, if you are a longtime listener, you understand where this is going. Yeah, this is the most important question we ask everybody. Matthew, are you a gamer? Hell yeah. <laughs> okay, great. Nice. That's the first test. <laughs> what uh, what have you been playing lately? Um, I'm playing one thing that I can't talk about. Uh, okay, but. Uh, it's not great. Um, That's kind of interesting. Uh, is yeah. it like Leisure Suit Larry too, or what? <laughs> uh, you know, I, no, I would own if it was Leisure Suit yeah. Larry. I would own that, and also the first one's the best. Uh, but let's yeah. set that aside. I'm a purist as well. Yeah, Leisure Suit Larry purist, <laughs> definitely. Um, I've been playing uh, Among Us, like everybody else has. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Baldur's Gate 3 and Crusader Kings 3 uh, and Wasteland 3. A lot of threes. Yeah. Uh, and Wasteland yeah. 3 are kind of eating up most of my time. Um, awesome. Bizarrely fascinated by the sudden presence of Ronald Reagan in lots of video games this year. Oh, uh, yeah. So looking forward to that Call of Duty. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I am too. I think we've talked about it. I think we, actually when they announced it and teased it, you and I had talked about it briefly. Um that like this seems to be like a game where they're really going to veer into the domestic issues. Um, the the trailer the, the trailer seemed to be like a commentary on feminism and Black Lives Matter and civil rights. Yeah, that the active measures trailer, right, where they pulled mm-hmm. out the uh, I can't remember the gentleman's name, but the the Soviet guy that was like, look, you know, Russia's in your country, and 
they're they're supporting all these leftist movements as I've seen in other countries and you don't understand how how terrible all of this is kind of pulling like pulling that thing out of context and not really understanding the <laughs> Um, I mean, as we do so frequently, especially now with the 80s and Reagan, uh, pulling it out of its of, of its historical context and using it to sell a first person shooter um, is a, a bit grotesque, I think. But I like but, you know, this game where Reagan is going to personally give you the go ahead to go into Angola and and I can curse on this, right? Of course. Feel free. Okay. Yeah. Uh, to go into Angola and fuck people up. Um, one of the opening missions, I believe, is you you personally solving the Iran hostage crisis and shooting, <laughs> like, blowing Iranians away. Um, yeah, Did they mention be... the part in the game, do you think, where Reagan purposely extended that past the election in order to win the election? Or do you think they glossed over that, that little oh, they, pesky they little are, detail? Uh, I, I happen to know that the development team has been poring over Rick Perlstein's Reagan land uh, in an effort to make sure that the game is as accurate to history as possible, that's absolutely not true. Um, that's a <laughs> that's a that's a lie. Uh, no, he's, it's going to be a comic book superhero version of Reagan, the Reagan that he imagined in his head as himself. Right, this this creature that he had created, this fabrication, uh, where he is Superman, sending his team of of rock stars out into the world to to mess people up. <laughs> I can't wait. Um, I actually don't know how I feel about like playing this one. Uh, I got the la I got Warzone fir first on PC for last one. Then just caved to get the multiplayer mode. But like this one, I might skip. I also don't like the development studio. I never really liked the um whoever makes these. Is this one? Is this Treyarch? Treyarch? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I have a long. I have played, I think, every single first. I've played the campaign and written about the campaign of almost every single Call of Duty since its release. Um, and I can't, like, this one is so, there, a lot of them have been pretty surreal. Uh, but this mm -hmm. one is, like, turned up to 10. Um, I mean, y'all remember Kevin Spacey being a villain in one yes. of them? Yes. Yeah, it's like Advanced Warfare or Infinite Warfare, something like that. I think that one was Advanced Warfare. That's the one that opens with uh, press F to pay respects. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, but they like I. Uh, there's something to me that's really interesting about like watching the Call of Duties and uh, seeing how they process American history and like because like video games are such big business and Call of Duty is like the Marvel movies of video games, right? So to watch mm -hmm. like the way they reflect our history back at us, I think is absolutely fascinating, and that's kind of why I have to, I'm like driven to constantly play them, even though I hate. Mm -hmm. Uh, viscerally a lot of them and they've long since become unjoy uh, unenjoyable for me um, <laughs> yeah I, I keep pushing through and I've actually interviewed I can't remember his name uh, but the guy who invented the black ops line of which this new one is the uh, the latest uh, iteration um, he uh, the the first two there's like the uh, they have some of the really the best torture scenes in any of the Call of Duties, and they tend to be the line that uh, the you know Noriega's family will sue you after it comes out because they don't like how Noriega's portrayed, like that kind of thing. Um, I interviewed the creative director of those games years ago when uh, he had joined um, the Atlantic Council as like a future war theorist. Like that's where he moved on to after doing these Call of Duty games is they brought this think tank brought him on to tell them what the future threats are going to look like and how frightened we should be. Um, 
and he's got like his presentations were something else because they and uh, more predictive of the future we live in now than uh, than I would like to liked to have hoped at the time. I mean that kind of also reflects how off base the outrage cycle was yesterday, where it's like, oh well, these people who um, uh, who are generals. Uh, Don Jr. says people who are like, you know, generals in the military just want to prolong war so they can get board seats at places like Raytheon. It's like, these are lifelong committed civil servants. And it's just like, are we really going to pretend like that there isn't any element of truth to that? Yeah. Um, but then like also the Don Jr. is bringing, which is absolutely true to bring that up, but then wasn't like his dad has board members of Raytheon like in his fucking cabinet <laughs> at the same time. So, yeah, yeah. Goes back to that whole like Donald the Dove thing, which has never been like actually accurate, just because he's yeah. he's been able to kind of like critique the, the national security establishment or like the endless wars or whatever, but without ever actually doing anything to like reverse course on that, uh, and he kind of gets credit for the rhetoric without actually you know doing anything to uh, to uh, stop it. Right. Yeah, that's one of the disappointing things is uh, somebody that got kind of started in. I mean, not disappointing because. Uh, it, I believe I knew Donald Trump was an asshole from the moment I watched him uh, start to venture into politics. But if you were a national security reporter at the time, which I was primarily, uh, he would get up there and say things that were, and I think this is a big part of one of his appeals to the, the country is that he would say stuff that you would nod along with and be like, yeah, you know, the F-35 is a piece of garbage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it does cost too much. Um, and drug prices are too high. And it's one of the you, worst like, deals we've ever had. Yeah, and you know he's 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 right. Sorry. I got to work gonna, on that impression. Sorry, he, he's not going to do anything about it. No, no, you're right. Um, it's just that that has been frustrating, and and that's I think even if you were aware Trump was an asshole, like I think there was a point in 2016 maybe where you could still sort of believe that he at least fundamentally understood that these endless wars were unpopular and that he could be popular by being opposed to that, and maybe he would just kind of like blunder into being less of a hawk than previous presidents have been uh just by virtue of being like well this shit is very unpopular uh so i'm just going to not do that because then then i will be popular just a kind of very basic uh, equation uh but yeah he's in many ways he's expanded he's expanded obama's use of drones uh, he's committed all kinds of war crimes uh brought brought america and the world to the brink of like global conflict a couple of times uh so yeah i think maybe there was a there was a hope in 2016 that he might just pragmatically uh not be that type of president but he's uh lo and behold he's end up being a, a complete asshole on that front as well it does feel like the military industrial complex is just too too vast and too invested yeah. right that even a guy like this can't get I mean, he's you know lazy but that even he can't move the needle right yeah, there was that great story that came out, I think, last week that was like, oh, the the intelligence community was kind of given this like highly classified briefing and he's got bored midway through and ordered milkshakes. And like, you know, the, <laughs> there was all kinds of like liberal hand wringing about like that. Can you believe he would disrespect the intelligence community? But like, that's that's when Trump is actually cool. Like that's that's makes me think that he's good. Uh, you I know, loved, not that. Yeah, I love yeah. that story so much. Yeah, it's great. Like, we need more of a pre We need a president that does that more, you know, not less. <laughs> Just like I openly disrespect these these national security intelligence community freaks, and it's like ordering ordering McDonald's or whatever midway through when they're trying to tell you how they're doing like covert ops in Iran or Yemen or whatever. Just like I'm not interested in this. Wait, I don't. I like sorry, that. not to let's let's not be let's not be trite here. They uncovered the secret Iranian plot oh, to right. fake yeah, emails. That's true. Yeah. 
that oh, somehow want, they wanted Trump to like what this this, this I guess we're, we're kind of getting off track but like the story that came out last <laughs> night really shows just how ludicrous this whole apparatus is because they're now now the argument is Iran and Russia are doing election interference and but it's ultimately to what what is it to hurt Trump but the emails were the fake emails were from the Proud Boys who were saying that you have to vote for Trump and they were threatening people but you zoom out. Why on earth would Iran ever want Trump to win? This is a guy who ended the the Iranian nuclear deal, uh, imposed sanctions, and sure you could say what you want about Biden's uh, foreign policy, but if the if the answer to the Trump administration is restoring Obama's legacy, it's reinstating the Iran nuclear deal. Like they yeah. were proud of that. That's one of the crown jewels of foreign policy. Like there, by every objective measure, Iran would want Biden to win. So why? Like it just doesn't make any sense. Well, sorry, it, it sounds to me like you're accusing the FBI of lying, which uh, <laughs> I don't think. I think that's a little disrespectful. So maybe we should calm down on that. Some of that uh, heated rhetoric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I have, I have. All right. First of all, um, I don't trust our intelligence community when it comes to Iran. As far as I can throw them. Um, mm-hmm. I think they've had a hate boner for Iran for a long time. Uh, I mean, it's that's plainly obvious. Uh, yeah. However, counterfactually, I could see a world in which Iran uh, wants Donald Trump to continue being president. I'm sorry. What's that? What is that? Okay. Let's so I want to hear the theory. Uh, because he, <laughs> Donald Trump is so bad at foreign policy and so disengaged from the rest of the world uh, that I think that it has, it, despite yes, some set, some some unpleasantness, uh, some assassinations of some top figures, and I will call it an assassination of a um, Soleimani, uh, that they have been allowed to uh, act through their proxies in the region in a way that I don't think uh, like a neoliberal president would allow. Um, and so, but do I buy, like, I think there's way more going on with this. Things are like super complicated. Um, there's different factions within the Iranian government that don't always agree and are always, you know, doing their own thing to look at the, look at them as like a mono, uh, like a mono block, I think is bad. But, uh, but also again, I don't believe that doesn't mean that the Iranians were the ones doing this, um, I, I don't believe our intelligence agencies when they, when they talk about, uh, like when they pin it on Iran, I I do think that your argument is just as strong that it is completely ludicrous. Mm-hmm. Well, my I think my understanding of this whole idea of like election interference and the way that these, these different uh, different countries are trying to uh, get involve themselves in this process is not to say that this stuff never happens. Uh, I think the idea that like you know going back to 2016 that that like whatever memes that were being posted on Facebook or whatever somehow caused Hillary Clinton the election or depressed turnout to the extent that Trump could win i don't i've never really bought into that but like the idea that do foreign governments maybe throw some resources into like uh you know messing with the united states i think i think absolutely because i think the way this was explained to me that that made where it kind of made sense to me was that if you think about america the, the way that America sees other kind of hostile nations and you look at the way that America is perceived as being like, okay, this is a country that's kind of, it's very fractured and divided along all kinds of lines. And, you know, we can weaken the United States government by kind of heightening these fissures and trying to throw a little bit of resources into, you know, expanding this, this divide that's already there um, because that's what America does into other nations. And so I don't think it's, it's beyond the realm of possibility that other hostile nations or other, you know, adversaries of America uh, do the exact same thing. 
uh, with no real like end goal in mind other than to just create more uh, division and chaos but this yes. if this if this does happen it's just expanding on divides that are already there and have been in America for decades and it's really just you know countries that are maybe like hey we see these like debates that are happening so let's throw some resources into like adding on to both sides of the debate and just creating more you know more chaos and more division i I think that probably happens but i think the extent to which this actually impacts the political process that's what gets drastically overstated yes 100 percent. i'm sorry you've lighted on one of my pet peeves um because i hate the way that the mainstream press covers especially as like a tech reporter and as like somebody that looks at national security and was like super into how russian disinformation works um I really hate the way the mainstream press has covered this stuff since 2016. And I think you're exactly right. It's not about, and it was never about uh, Donald Trump being a Kremlin agent um, Mm -hmm. and them swaying the presidential election in a quantifiable way so that Hillary Clinton would lose. It it is always about making us have these kinds of conversations, uh, making us distrust each other. and, And I think that like, they got more than they could have ever hoped for uh, by by like having Rachel Maddow go up every night and just spout this bullshit about Trump being a Kremlin agent and like kind of getting this portion of the American public to buy into this notion that the election was stolen by uh, and it was because of Russia. It's this it's this liberal conspiracy theory that that, that drives me up the wall um, and really speaks to a misunderstanding of like how our information systems work and like how Russian active measures which are a real thing, uh, work, especially, um, and we've got great case examples of things that happen in like Estonia, Poland, and Georgia, the country, not the uh, state. Uh, but anyway, I'm sorry. You, we wanted to talk about video games and be happy. <laughs> and now we're talking about Russia. No, uh, just, to, just to close off on what you're saying, I think that's right, though, is that there was probably no one that was happier uh, to be like, just turn on the American media and see Putin being being portrayed as this like all powerful puppet master who has this like ability to just like just topple governments wherever he wants to, and you know create these kinds of divisions. Like Putin was probably thrilled to see that kind of stuff, you know. Um, so I, yeah, the people that were ostensibly kind of trying to uh, show how adver- adversarial they were towards him were literally like doing his job for him, uh, and yeah, I'm sure absolutely. he was very pleased with those those results. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think you're absolutely correct. Like anything that builds up his myth, um, I think is good for good for him and is pleasing to him. And we we bought <laughs> the mainstream American press bought into it hook, line, and sinker. Um, well, so about yeah. video games. <laughs> <laughs> so you are a gamer. That's that's, that's, that's yeah. all this to say. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> gamers um, rise up. Well, that was the... a great opening. Um, uh, but yeah, the big news this week. Uh, AOC, Congresswoman, Congresswoman uh, Alexandria uh, Ocasio-Cortez, and Congresswoman Ilhan Omar joined friend of the show, uh, Hassan Piker, uh, and others on Twitch to uh, do an Among Us collaborative get-out-the-vote stream. And this is something that AOC had tweeted out. Oh, if I played, who would be down? And Hassan, who is probably the thirstiest person uh, on the planet, quickly replied, Hi. That's right. Uh, and and his reply led to other people weighing in because he always has joked about on a stream uh, wanting to have her on. And uh, it finally happened. So this ended up like smashing like view records uh, was one of like, I think the third most watched Twitch stream ever. Um, overall, a huge smashing success. 
and something I think like it, it, ten times that? something like ten times the numbers of uh, uh, ninjas return to Twitch, right? Yeah, that seems that seems about right. Yeah, even her like concurrent totals were like higher than his like total fuse or something something absurd, um, which I think reflects where things are going and that's kind of what we wanted to have you on because you you understand this world and this kind of landscape uh i guess to get started what was your takeaway like did you watch what what did you what did you think of it overall um i watched my politics are very strange uh so i'll (laughs) i will just say that up front um good in general and i'm glad uh uh that this is happening and i'm glad that video games are becoming um, overtly political in a way that is not tied to Gamergate. Um, It is not (laughs) tied to reactionary internet culture. And to give you, I I thought this was really funny. Um, Because I I, kind of track, uh, do I have to explain to the audience what Gamergate is? Or can I just say it was a reactionary movement? I think we could skip that, yeah. Okay, (laughs) yeah. Okay, all right, great. Because I really (laughs) don't want to do it. Um, Yeah. I, I, I track their circles and I figured, oh, they're going to be so mad at this. Um, and I was looking at their spaces and their big stories that they were obsessed with that morning uh, were censorship in of like Italian hentai um, and some other bizarre grievances that had nothing to do with uh, any kind of pol- like electoral politics in America whatsoever. So it, it, I, I mark this as this moment in time where politics and video games for so long has been this the 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 space of like these reactionary 4chan weirdos um these people that you and i like the three of us probably all grew up with uh mm-hmm. playing video games and like we would be on uh, xbox live or we would be playing counter-strike late at night um and you know there's going to be some horrifying racial slurs thrown out uh, and mm-hmm. that was just kind of the cost of doing business online back then, right? And it was this very unpleasant, grotesque place for for women, for for people of color, for for basically like anyone that showed themselves to be other than just a white dude. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really feel like, and then you had this thing called Gamergate that was preceded the election. That was this big reactionary spasm uh, that scared a lot of people. And now we're seeing this thing where, <laughs> where uh video games kind of belong to everybody again and they feel pleasant in a way that i don't think they've felt in a long time it was nice it was something nice it it was nice to see like politicians engaging with young people where they're at and in a way that they understand the medium in which they're interacting right because like joe biden has a twitch stream donald trump has a twitch stream that they are basically just uh campaign organs to pump out video that they would be putting on any other channel Right. Uh, but AOC and Elon Omar got onto Twitch and played the one of the biggest games in the country right now with a whole bunch of personalities from that space. Yeah. You know, and that's why it was such a huge deal. I think it showed that they like that there is young blood in the Democratic Party and that maybe everything isn't completely fucked. Um, and that's one of my big takeaways from the whole thing is like this moment where like maybe everything isn't completely fucked. Maybe there is reason to hope. Maybe there are younger politicians that are going to come up that understand us, not just as gamers, but as people. Um, and we can start to dream of something better than where we're sitting in now. Yeah, I think that's there's something to be said about the way uh, AOC streamed and, and interacted with her stream. There, 
And like like you point out, other politicians are on the platform, but it's just a it's a switch. When they stream there, they're streaming other places. It's just here's programming. If you happen to be around, sure, you catch it. Cool. This was a deliberate Twitch stream where she was interacting with the chat, like the way it should be done. This was like best practices applied to to that stream, what they put out. And she was narrating what she was doing on screen. She was talking, responding. That is that is something that a lot of people overlook and don't really understand about the platform. Yeah. That's also what makes it so unique because you could develop relationships with with viewers. I mean, I, I stream a little bit here and there. Rob does. People come back. Like you see the same people all the time. You start to know. Like I mean, uh, a guy who you have, um, I think, quoted in some of your stories. I, I've talked to him in streams. He's he's typically one of the first people to show up in in into the chat. Timmy. So like, there's just Love you, you get to of the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get to you get to know these people uh, to an extent. I think there's still a, like a barrier, but like more than you would just someone on Twitter or on Facebook commenting. It, it is very unique in that regard. And I think they realize that as a, as a tool to get people to vote. Yeah. And I think you're hitting on something important here as well, which is that, cause I saw kind of the, some of the naysayers online saying it was cringe or whatever, or likening it to 2016 Hillary's infamous line, Pokemon go to the polls, which was like, uh, like, you know, I understand the sort of vague similarity there, but there, to me, there is a huge difference between Hillary Clinton, like this completely out of touch, like an elite politician, tossing off some line that a consultant handed to her without having any kind of understanding of what it means or just like here take this you like video games fine fuck off like pokemon go to the polls or whatever uh, versus what happened the other night which is like aoc and ilhan omar taking the time to like use this service and like you were saying interact with people and actually play these games and kind of enjoy themselves and have people view that in a very like organic and authentic feeling way or much more organic and authentic feeling so yeah, I do. I do think there's a big difference between you know, uh, uh, like that kind of tossed off, tossed off line from a Democratic Party elite versus what was happening during this stream. I thought it was very kind of different. Yeah, well, it felt genuine in a way that politicians typically do not, and I think that's one of the powers of AOC and Ilhan Omar in general, right? Is they feel <laughs> they don't feel like they're completely full of shit. Um, and so many politicians do, and it was obvious watching them stream. Uh, that we, I mean, we've known that AOC is a gamer for a while, plays League of Legends. I think she plays Arena to Magic the Gathering Arena too. Um, whoa, whoa. Now think, we're talking. I, yeah, now we're I talking, baby. I oh don't, don't quote me there, but I, I know I've seen her post like some of her League stuff, um, like when she achieves different ranks. Uh, it, she, she acted like someone who has watched Twitch streams before and knows, like, and understands the space. Right. And so many politicians, I can't think of another poll. Can you think of another Democrat that could go onto Twitch and not just completely screwed up and look like the U.S. Army? Jared Polis. <laughs> no, he, he's a gamer, but I don't think he could do Twitch. There's was a video the, uh, from like uh, late 2000s of him talking about gaming. Who was oh, the... Duncan, Hunk, Duncan Hunter, maybe. Was well, Duncan Hunter the, 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 the vaping the congressman? The vaping gamer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who spent all that money on Steam? <laughs> yes. That's almost too badass. We don't want, so we don't want, we want authenticity, so but we don't need that much authenticity, though. Come yeah, on. yeah. He's a toxic gamer. We he's, don't a game, yeah. <laughs> he's a gamer gator, right? He's absolutely, Probably, yeah. you know, he was posting in, in bad meme groups in 2014 about people that he'd never met, right? Oh my god uh, yeah maybe <laughs> dan crenshaw is a gamer too he was in on that he was on a facebook meme page he probably oh, he, really? he probably fires up those call of duty games to satiate his uh 
whatever remains of the bloodlust <laughs> that he feels from. The, we don't need to actually get into that. That's probably a. Uh, Did you see the? Uh, <laughs> you, y'all saw his his oh, Avengers. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. Oh yeah. <laughs> Now that's, that was cringe. That's an episode in itself. Yeah, that yeah. is absolutely cringe because it yeah. also has like the doctor, like the former presidential doctor, Ronnie Jackson, is now in it. Like that, that the that the one eighty from that guy from being just like the apolitical doctor to like a QAnon like MAGA guy is so funny. <laughs> I think the yeah. the thing though that's that freaks that scares me about Crenshaw though in that is like I think to you and us to you and I that's cringe, but I'm I'm from Texas. And I know that there are good old boys uh, that are eating that up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That are just (laughs) like, hell yeah, this is badass. Kind of reminds me of Marvel movies. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, politics are Marvel movies. Yeah. As Kamala Harris explained very eloquently um, this week. (laughs) And Thanos is just like Trump, as we've been Mm -hmm. saying on the show multiple times. We've been saying it. Mm -hmm. So they finally took our advice. Yeah. It's about time. (laughs) Well, Thanos had a plan, though. He had a very specific plan. That's true. Well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know that world at all. So I defer to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> you aren't engaging in superheroes, Jordan. Jordan Not doesn't even own a TV, actually. So no, I own really? a TV. I just don't watch it. <laughs> I put the news on, yeah. and then I, I will watch football. But I don't watch TV. I don't watch gonna, the I, superhero movies. I'm kind of fascinated by this, and I think this is going to be increasing uh, more and more, this contingent of people that are like gamers but don't watch TV. Yeah, that's me. I think that that's going to be uh, a bigger and bigger portion of the public uh, going forward. Me, I love me some TV. I mean, gaming is interactive. It's way more fun. I just feel bored and stagnant if I'm watching TV for too long. Like, I'll leave a TV on to have CNN on, so I could see the Chirons and just see kind of just generally what's happening. But I won't watch anything except for Righteous Gemstones. I liked that. That's it. Oh, um, I love That was excellent. Yeah. I think Danny McBride and um, I can't remember his writing partner and directing partner. He directs and writes a bunch of this stuff. He did a mm-hmm. Observe and Report. Um, I think those two guys are like prophets of American masculinity um oh yeah in, in the 21st century just like oh. nailing something dark about the american oh, yeah. psyche observe it, and report was way ahead of its time in that respect i think it really like predicted a, a very like specific kind of like american male figure that became very prominent uh over the next like four or five years after it was released Absolutely. jody hill yes jody yes hill. have you seen uh legacy of a white-tailed deer hunter no no, it's on. It's on Netflix. It's his. It's the most recent movie he did. Because so it went on to Netflix and so nobody watched it. Um, it is about Josh Brolin going into like trying to teach his son how to kill his first deer. But it's like the Jody Hill version of that, uh, and you can imagine how that goes. And it's it's wonderful. I can't guarantee I would ever watch any of that, but I <laughs> will trust you that it's good. Um, people give me recommendations. They're saying like The Boys is good. I've been watching that. That's excellent. It Take is excellent for it. Transcends its uh, its source material. Uh, it just knocks it out of the park. But anyway, video um, games. I'm sorry I keep dragging <laughs> you off topic. No, no, it's fine. It's okay. It's, it's fun. I like this freewheeling stuff. Yeah. Playing fast and loose here with Matthew. Yeah, that's the Texas way. What else? I feel like we had something else specific we wanted to hit on though. That now it's slipping my mind. Jordan, you can you rescue me here because I don't I don't remember at all. Uh, well, I mean, sure. This the, the stream, you know, did numbers. It was a monumental success. I think. Uh, I don't know how effective it'll be to like actually get out voters, but it's it shows to other people that um, 
this is a medium where you can reach younger people especially and uh there was a story actually in the in the washington post today about this and kind of just politics in general about uh how they're reaching people and there's a quote i want to read uh to matthew uh and get his and get his uh take on it so there is a communications director for the young republicans national federation tristine Pafer, which is not a name i've heard before t-r-y-s-t-i-n-e Pafer. uh she said that people don't actually want politics on twitch she says that you know people would prefer politicians leave them alone rather than attempt to engage with them uh, in the gaming space they feel like it's uh forced upon them she says people are just tired of being forced into the same conversations no matter where they go facebook twitter instagram all the same social justice arguments are trending everywhere when they go on Twitch, they want this community that's just for gaming. She said, echoing a point that was raised by those on the left in response to the U.S. military streaming on Twitch. It feels intrusive. Now, Matthew, you know about this subject probably more than anybody. You wrote about it first, and you wrote about it the most. Do you think these are the same things? No. I think maybe they're <laughs> in the same neighborhood, but several streets apart. Um, all right. First, I'll say something that bothers me about that statement is um, it's real easy to just not watch AOC stream if you don't want to watch it. It's yeah. not like it's not like you're you're pulling up your browser and then suddenly it's being forced on you. It's just why the way that she's making it sound. You could have gone and watched Ninja or Shroud or whoever the fuck uh, instead of watching instead of engaging in that stream. What it but what it tells me is that um, younger people are sick and tired of status quo and basically being told by the major party politicians that this is the way things are and there's no hope. Mm -hmm. um, and AOC and Ilan Omar are some of the only politicians that I see that offer any kind of view of what the future looks like and that the future can be good. Um, and that's fundamentally, I think, regardless of medium, what grabs people about them. Um, Donald Trump and Joe Biden, to me, cannot articulate uh, a future that is not dire and horrifying. Um, because I think Trump can't articulate a view of the future at all. He's constantly talking about going back into the past. And, you know, Biden's messaging to me signals, uh, again, we will go back into the past and everything will be fine. Remember the Obama years? It was great. Lots of yeah. ice cream, no malarkey. Uh, but... <laughs> The we but kids are being constantly told that the future is fucked. You're going to have a gig economy job. You're going to be working for a tech billionaire, pro probably. Your education is going to put you into a state of indentured servitude for the rest of your life, and the planet's on fire. Oh, and the people that are in power yeah. don't aren't really interested in doing anything about that. Well, here are that's at not least, great. Yeah, here are at least two politicians that are interested in doing something about that and have clear like articulated policy platforms for how to get there. They want to try something. They're giving you some kind of message. Um, and again, regardless of the medium, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's why they resonate. Um, so I just want to put that out there first <laughs> before we get into the military thing. Yeah, um, sure. Second, uh, I think like fundamentally, like what the, what is the political drive behind AOC, um, and Ilan Omar going onto Twitch. I would say that in some regards, it is similar to what the military is doing in that in for for like big picture goal, they're all all parties are trying to uh, increase their brand image, right? Mm -hmm. um, 
But where where things get dissonant with that statement for me is that uh, the military's end goal is, even though some branches aren't super honest about this, is recruiting. They want to build up the military to increase, to get recruits for the military. We have an all-volunteer force. For, we have an all-volunteer force. There's no conscription. They have to get volunteers. So they are going to the place where the age group is spending time, 17 to 24. That's where they want to grab people, right? Um, it, uh, 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 Ilan Omar and AOC, the like, the political motivation of in the immediate for that Twitch stream was to get out the vote, to get people registered, to get people excited about voting, to get people involved and interested in electoral politics. Um, just very, very different from signing up for the American military, uh, where you know you could, if you have dreams of being a pilot, they're going to shove you into a box in the Nevada desert and you're going to drone strike people. Um, or, you know, you could go be shipped over into one of America's shadow wars and be a support staff for the special operations forces. It's they're, they're much different things with much different end goals. And so to like, to, to compare them in that way, I think is uh, disingenuous to say the least. Yeah, uh, this is, I mean, clearly the numbers just, just demonstrate any objective, by any objective measurement or reading, there was way more interest in this than the military could ever muster. And that's with the military also paying. We don't know exactly how much, but estimate, I mean, it's been reported out that there, wait, I think you reported it, right? That there was uh, so, at least a million just for branding. So uh, what I know, what I know now, and I'm working on getting diff more numbers, is that the Navy itself, who's one of the probably one of the biggest pushes, um, the Navy in, for calendar year 2019 paid two million dollars overall for like Twitch Twitch marketing, uh, like some branded partnerships. They had teamed with um, a, a group called uh, Evil Geniuses. Uh, to kind of do oh, yeah. basically like some consulting work for them. Um, this had included, uh, the plan was until basically COVID kind of struck and uh, what I would call a um, uh, a crisis erupted, uh, a PR crisis erupted for them, is initially the plan was that the Navy was going to be at TwitchCon this year um, <laughs> and Goats and Glory, which is the name of their esports team, was going to be revealed and they were going to be built up as streamers. Like, hey, these are the Navy streamers where Twitch is partnering with them to like bring them out and like get them to hang out with streamers and like play some games. Um, and part of that was Twitch was producing, uh, and I don't, I'm not sure if this is happening anymore, but uh, this is what I had been told previously was happening before COVID. Twitch was going to, in partnership with the Navy, produce television segments that would air on Twitch that were kind of like highlights of who these Navy, uh, uh, who these sailors were, like what their jobs were, kind of introduce you to them, right? Mm -hmm. um, obviously that has kind of all fallen apart. I think the, I don't think the Navy has streamed in, uh, they have not streamed since the- uh, That since Among the, Us night. Yes, they have, they have been off. Uh, Army is still streaming, um, streaming on Twitch a little bit, mostly on Facebook. Um, Air Force, honestly, I haven't paid attention to, and National Guard is streaming, but they do things a little bit different. It's a little bit different for them. Army also completely changed the way they stream. Yes. You know, they started with that guy, uh, that Green Beret guy, and, and other people playing like Overwatch and, and, and COD, but then after things got 
you know, uh, a little bit hotter for them. They transitioned to just like kind of esports scrims with a narrator. And it when the Navy is... after the Navy break, they took a little bit of a shift and and tried to do kind of a narrator off screen reading the chat, so you you're not getting a direct reaction from the streamer. But then that still also backfired because they were doing racist names in Among Us. Yes. Now I would also I would say that um, that is what's happening for the army on Twitch. Uh, their Facebook live streams have been a little bit more in line with uh, the traditional via what they had originally launched with. For example, Astrotnium is back. The Green Beret, who's uh, is like an SFC David, I think is his name. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, is back and he is streaming again with his green beret on and like it's a nor- looks Facebook. like a normal t- yes on Facebook. Uh, last time he streamed, I think was September eighteenth, about a month ago. But they but that is post some of the more recent scandals because yeah. he had he had disappeared from Twitch almost entirely uh, after the initial kind of run of bad press because he was one of the people in the chat that was talking about. Um, talking about live on stream being angry at uh anybody on twitter that was making fun of the person running the official branded u.s army esports account and talking about how he was going to beat their ass Mm -hmm. um and then he Mm -hmm. vanished for a little while he has a personal twitch channel that uh has been banned i don't know why uh (laughs) but he personally can't stream on twitch anymore um and that and it's kind of the state of play as I see things at the moment. But yeah, it, it is mar- this very, very di- and like the numbers are so different, like you said. Um, and I think that's a big part of why because I was fascinated to watch uh, how AOC and Elon Omar and Jordan, you and I discussed this a little bit off mic. I mm-hmm. was fascinated to see how they were going to deal with like chat because. Uh, you know, the internet can be a terrible place. Gamers can be awful. And like, there's a bunch of mega chuds that are going to, you know, come at you when, when something like this happens. And if you uh, just look at Ilhan Omar's mentions on Twitter at any given time, there's some pretty rough stuff in there usually as well. So yeah, you can imagine that that was being replicated in the chats uh, on Twitch as well. Yeah, and absolutely. And she has been, uh, uh, she's been kind of it has been pointed out to her, and I think she's she faced some some of the same le- uh, legislative pushback that uh, Donald Trump did for banning people on Twitter, um, because she is a government figure, right? You have to manage how you interact with the public in a different way. It's a First Amendment issue if you're a public figure operating in a public way, um, and you know people are throwing criticism at you. Um, so I was heartened to see, <laughs> in a couple different ways, watching her Twitch chat. Um, there were definitely, like, if you pause at any given screen on the Twitch chat, there's one or two comments that are just foul and terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was so much Twitch chat happening so quickly that, like, most of that stuff got washed away. It was overwhelmingly positive. You know, when you've got more than 100,000 people talking all at the same time, uh, the poison voices get drowned out, uh, unless they're all poison voices, and they weren't. Um, and uh, again, Jordan, like you had, like you had told me, she had a bunch of people that are professional streamers with her that knew how to handle all this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. It had been in this space and dealt with these kinds of issues before. Um, and so they navigated it all like very elegantly, uh, whereas the military has much fewer viewers. And so when somebody comes in, that's going to criticize, um, it's, it's easier for them to get, to feel like they're dominating the chat. Uh, right. Um, and so, uh, when you're when you're less popular like that, it makes it seem like that's the only old you're only getting criticism. Um, and if you are a government representative, you have to learn how to deal with that. 
uh, and the military has not. Yeah, I uh, think that, that guy, the army guy, seemed to be like a bit of a loose cannon as well. Yes, um, he... yeah, Strontium uh, has some interesting social media presences. I will say. <laughs> yeah the the last time he streamed on Facebook also kind of I was I just tried to find as we were talking I can't find it but it seems to be around the time when he randomly tweeted at uh, Rod Breslau who's known as Slasher and me one night uh, saying that we hate America and the troops. Um, I remember yeah, like, which is accurate. Like, so, he, but yeah, you, know, you can't yeah, fault yeah, him yeah. on that. He deleted that though, right? I remember <laughs> he, that he did, and then he deleted his account entirely. Um, Classic. I don't know. It's a classic back, tough but... guy move is to do the, all of those things. <laughs> yes. Very, but it was kind of around yeah. the same time where he, I think you're saying he stopped tweeting and we had heard rumors that they was, he was kind of having his leash shortened a little bit, but uh, yeah, I think that he was kind of a interesting choice based on everything that I had heard. I think uh, that to be the face of that program on the surface, he's a good idea, right? Because you mm -hmm. want people uh, if you're the millet, he's older, he's an operator, and people love, America loves the operators, right? They mm -hmm. love their special forces. Um, and so to have a guy that's like a gamer that's in the special operations forces, and he, he does have, um, having watched him, he has the personality to do this uh, broadly. Like he has a kind of charisma that would allow you to be successful at being a streamer. Um, that said, it's perhaps a little too edgy to be a government mm -hmm. representative, especially again, if you look at some of his social media presence. Um, and that's the kind of stuff that's going to get you into trouble. You know, he, and he's connected to the tactical, uh, like world. Like I believe he was, uh, in squad with Matt best. I don't know if y'all know who that is. Um, Wait, why do I know that name? He's a, uh, he's like one of the Black Rifle Coffee Company guys. He's the... Oh, wait, yes. He just did that metal song about Warzone. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, he's like a... Badass. Please, yeah. we have to start, we have to play that song. It's so bad. This is your commanding officer speaking. I have marked Lumber with Yellow Marker. This will be our drop zone. I need everyone to stick together and follow my lead. Teamwork makes the dream work. have to put it somewhere in the episode it's awful it's so have you bad. ever have you ever seen his movie no oh no. you guys have got to watch uh it's range 15 um it's it's admittedly pure schlock garbage uh but they do things like you know who marcus luttrell is the left behind guy oh god well i know so, those that those books in the in the movies or not the not left behind uh god, lone survivor that's his name that's the, the oh, okay books. okay uh so they bring on like him and all of his buddies, it's a zombie outbreak movie. And so him and all of his buddies are about to fight the zombies. And then like Marcus Luttrell shows up behind them, literally Marcus Luttrell. Um, and they're like, oh, it's Marcus Luttrell. He's going to save us. And then Marcus Luttrell immediately gets eaten and ripped apart by zombies. And they make a lone survivor joke and like take off. It's that kind of film, that kind of like garbage schlock. But it's like Matt Best is one of these guys that's that's parlayed his military career into like a brand. Um, this like tactical brand, it's like and you know, like a special operations forces influencer, and I could see like 
that Strotnium wants to go down that path. Like, that's the place he wants to go. That's how he wants all this stuff to launch and, and like, play out for him. Um, but right now, he's he's active duty and streaming video games with his Green Beret on. Jesus. Um, Very cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where do I sign up? And I get a free controller, too? What a deal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe. Sold. Maybe you'll get a controller. We'll get yeah. back to you. I hope it's so. important that you fill out the sheet, though. Don't look at the fine print. Yeah, don't worry about it too much. <laughs> all of our all of our younger teenage listeners should definitely be getting on this. That's our mm-hmm. full endorsement. The insurgents uh, esports yeah. team. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Just need you to serve three years. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Man, you're definitely you're definitely going to be on the team. We promise. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can't remember. I think I found out how like several thousand people signed up. Uh, to attempt so it was it was a ludicrous amount of people yeah yeah Yeah, well yeah within uh it wasn't like people joined the military to go to do this but it was several thousand troops already serving oh signed up yeah 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 Yeah, we don't know what their i don't know like yet what their lead generation and like numbers and all that stuff from this is uh i could i'm working to shake some of that loose um Mm -hmm. but i think you'd be you'd be surprised like i attended um daytona 500 once um specifically to watch uh how the air force recruits people at the daytona 500 um and like lead generation from these things is just they spend an inordinate amount of money to get what feels like a piddling return um uh, you know that's a big problem one of the big problems behind like why uh you know they they don't pay to go to to be at football games anymore right remember that whole scandal a few years ago um you guys are blank you guys are not okay uh i do not remember that no so i missed that one so do you remember during the bush years it felt like every halftime ceremony there were troops would come out um and there would be like a big there would be like the ceremonial uh thing where like we would thank them for their service etc etc Uh, I was told by right-wing guys sitting in pickup trucks so that that was when football was non-political, though. Mm, Well, I mean, everything was non-political during the Bush years. Of course. You're just remembering it incorrectly. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) Um, But it turned out that uh, the military branches were paying tens of millions of dollars to the NFL to be featured. Okay, yeah, yeah. And so that was that was a big scandal, uh, I think, because people thought that, you know, maybe the NFL was doing this out of the goodness of their heart. Uh, no, this was a recruitment drive for the military. It was part of their recruiting budget. Like, that's one of the things they do is they go out to these events, or they used to, they don't so much anymore, uh, in part because, like, the people they need aren't there as much. Uh, and the lead generation was really bad. Um, and so increasingly, you're going to see them more and more going into twitch and other streaming services and being in the video game space and like when i i don't think this is something that we've talked about or something that i quite reported on um but when i first heard about all of this in like mid 2019 um i was hearing from people that were at fighting game tournaments uh that like the air force had showed up at with their team and they're like hey why is there an air force team here oh well they're sponsoring the event 
and I was talking to kids that were sitting, they were doing like, you know, they were there to play Smash or whatever, and they were playing Smash Brothers, and the guy that they were skirmishing with before the actual matches start is an Air Force recruiter, and who was talking to them about life in the Air Force, and like, hey, you know, I had a good conversation, good games, like your Jigglypuff game is A+, plus, man, here you go, here's my card, you know, give me a call if you're thinking about ever, you know, you want to be a nuclear engineer on the Air Force or whatever. Um, and that's kind of the first, I'd first heard the rumblings of all of this, and it's also really when their Twitch streams started like all of this stuff was in the works before 2020 and COVID really accelerated a lot of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we had, I mean, they, they still do that. And I think like it's really amplified uh, how much of a waste it is. So there was a hot mic moment this week where Joe Buck and Troy Aikman were talking about a yeah, flyover at a game at Making a game where it, people yeah. aren't even there. I mean, you might have like what, like a small, like, like cluster of people spread out around the stadium if they're like season ticket holders whatever stadium uh whatever yeah. the stadium rules are but like it's not so gonna have that flyover baby yeah it's yeah. just like what colossal waste of money you could target <laughs> them online for like 50 bucks like just if you want to do something if you really needed to reach them but just like people can't shake this idea like they they, they have to they have to spend money on this kind of stuff because otherwise you're just weak on foreign policy or something yeah but yeah, it's also 100%. it's always couched in outreach right that's their new pivot for the for these efforts it, it's outreach uh it's not recruiting we're just doing outreach who hasn't heard of the military like everybody <laughs> knows what it is like yeah. you're not reaching new people it is recruiting just under a different name and Do then you, these same people they look at clips from like the dprk at like military uh, parades i mean can you believe how brainwashed and just indoctrinated these people are it's absolutely yeah, right, it's like yes right. i can i can absolutely believe that yep. yeah with brian williams talking about the glory of our missiles right oh yeah yeah the beauty of our weapons or whatever yeah, yeah. somebody just posted uh, a clip Beautiful. the other day like a 90s toy commercial for like a militarized teenage mutant ninja turtle uh toy set Oh, yeah, it was, it was like, like a pro-Gulf War Ninja Turtles <laughs> thing. Yes. Yes. It's like, we don't even realize how much we're propagandized like, for the yeah. military, where it's like skateboarding, pizza-eating turtles who do yeah. karate are now suddenly like dropping like gas bombs in Iraq. Yeah. Unbelievable. Let me, let me tell you, it was wild to live as a child in North Texas during the Gulf War. I'll bet. Yeah, there was a lot of great. There's a lot of really specific board games and like card games that were hitting the shelves. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. You, know, uh, you want to role play Schweitzer? You know, you can. Maybe you <laughs> Storm you, and Norman. Yeah, Storm and Norman. Go through those the guys. Yeah, you know, finish well, that. Now, finish I that mean, task. What's old is new again, and now you get to play as Reagan and in Call of Duty or interact <laughs> with Reagan right. in Call yeah. of Duty. We're bringing it back. Let me. Hell yeah. Let me ask y'all. Let me ask y'all a question. Um, all right, so I, th I think one of the biggest, one of the biggest reasons, there's obviously a lot of reasons, but I think one of the biggest things that people are are struck by with this military Twitch recruiting thing is, is that uh, the military seems to be talking out of both sides of their mouth. What do you think the yeah. reaction would be from people if they would just be like, yes, we are here to recruit. We have to do this in order to get people in the all-volunteer force. What do you think would be the reaction? I don't know. I think... Just the way people act online, I think any type of forced effort would would be met with people recoiling. I think the the, the example I, I commonly refer to is when eBay changed its color from that kind of gross, ugly original yellow to white. People got upset, even though it didn't matter. There was like a backlash. So all eBay did was just slowly and gradually uh, change it, 
and then people didn't notice and they never talked about it again. So if the military just slowly and gradually, which it looks like they're doing right now with the outreach thing, just started to creep in, people probably wouldn't notice. But if you're doing it all at once, big blitz, we're recruiting, I think people would be upset. Yeah. It's like the frog in boiling water analogy. Yeah. Right. That's what so, they would have to do it, the approach. So don't, yeah, don't tell anybody that you're changing the conversation, but just slightly change the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is how the military has worked. Yeah. My, my entire adult life is just kind of, let's ignore this problem and eventually the American public will stop caring, which sadly is true uh, with most American military. I, I mean, y'all, we're all more politically active than most people, but I think most of the American public is not engaged with what our military is doing. Yeah. And I mean, I, what that phenomenon you're describing, that's accelerated in the Trump era as well, when there's every single week, there's some other uh, just reality breaking controversy or you know crazy news story it becomes impossible to like keep people's attention on any on any issue for any for any extended period of time yeah, who has, uh, and that's probably only going to continue as well yeah who has time to care about armenia and azerbaijan right now right yeah exactly uh well matthew i guess we're running into our um we, we kind of got to sign off soon uh jordan's got stuff to do uh i've got uh my son running around in the back i gotta go and probably see what he's doing at some point um but thank you so much for joining the show it's really great to have you this is a really great conversation uh before we sign off you just want to let everyone know uh where they can find you on twitter and your work and and your writing and all that stuff yes absolutely i am at mjg uh not like the randian hero on twitter um and you can find my writing at wired and vice motherboard i also have my own podcast that is about national security issues uh and war in general it's called angry planet if you type that into wherever fine pods are casted you will hear it Love great it. We'll, we'll put all that in the show notes absolutely wonderful thank Matthew. you thank you thank you for taking the time to talk to us absolutely thank you so much take care thank you for listening to the insurgents Please remember to subscribe over at theinsurgents.substack.com. Find the podcast on all your favorite podcast apps. And please remember to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It's very helpful and we appreciate it a lot. But please, again, don't mention Ken Klippenstein in the review. He is banned from the show. It's a lifetime ban. So please do not mention him in the review. And we'll be back later this week with more of the content that you know and love. Goodbye.